50% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from threes. He's 5 to 10. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. What is up? What is up? Welcome into another episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family off the heels of, yes, of course, another Houston Cougars victory, this time against Wichita State in the final home game of the regular season, senior night for the Houston Cougars, and they came away with a victory for their three class of 2023 seniors in Darius Bowser, Reggie Chaney, and of course, Marcus Sasser. There's a lot to get into in the game. But, of course, the biggest kind of story of the game is not even the game itself. It's what happened after, which was, of course, with the victory, the Houston Cougars celebrated their regular season title of the American Athletic Conference and something they had clinched after Saturday's game in East Carolina. Obviously, they weren't able to cut down the nets in opposing territory. So it was a festive atmosphere inside the Fertitta Center for the third straight game, a new attendance record. Chris, we spoke about that during when it was announced inside of the Fertitta Center. I think it was interesting. Uh, Something that Chris Pesman said after the game, they they had to let more students in to to be able to break that Fertitta Center record, which officially is now 7,879. 7,879 people that packed into the Fertitta Center on Thursday night to watch Houston Cougars defeat Wichita State. But joining me as always, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, Dayon Dunlap. How are you two doing? Doing great, man. We're talking about another Cougs win. Uh, it's it's very rare to see a team shoot shoot 65% against the Cougars, and yet the Cougars still win by 17 points. <laughs> so just one of those strange nights, but a win is a win. On to the next. I'm feeling good. It's March. It's getting closer and closer to tournament time. I'm feeling good. Tournament time. So let's get right into it. <clears throat> let's start with the, we'll kind of work our way to the big event, which is a celebration, of course. But let's start a little bit with game specifics. Chris, like you mentioned it, Wichita State, they shot really good from the floor. If you just look at their raw percentage number, they shot 64.9% from the field, 24 of 37. And that was a big reason why they were able to build up their eight-point lead early on in the first half. And even defensively, they were giving Houston problems. Now, the biggest issue for the Shockers was the turnovers. They had 20 turnovers overall in the game. And even though 24 of 37 is really good percentage-wise, 37 shots compared to Houston's 57 shots. Houston Cougars shot 20 more shots than the Shockers, and I mean, not really the different maker, and they were also battling foul trouble throughout the game. It was a strange game. I mean, when the Shockers did not turn the ball over, they had a lot of layups. They made 11 layups and had two dunks. But when the Cougs got pressure on them, played the passing lanes, Cougs had, I think, 14 steals in the game, so it was like, if the Shockers did not get a layup, <laughs> the, Cougs, the Cougs stole the ball, <laughs> so it was one of those things, but Jamal Shedd had a big game, career high for him. Shedd Sasser took over for the Cougs in the second half, mm-hmm. and the Cougs pulled away for the 17-point win. Yeah, most of the game in the first half, Wichita State did a great job of moving the basketball, making an extra pass, and penetrating on those um, as the defense rotates to get a, a good layup or a good look at three. Then oftentimes their guards just made – tough step back threes which were contested and 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 I, I don't know I've said this before that's the way that you can beat Houston if you make those type of plays consistently and if you shoot as efficient as they shot but you just have to be able to stop Houston at the same time and so for the most part um Wichita State just did a good job of moving the basketball making Houston defend for a longer period of time and like you both of y'all said Jamal and Marcus took over in the second half and the Cougs stayed in the game in the first half, despite poor shooting from the floor. 13 for 13 from the foul line. I wish I could remember the fan who come in on the Cougs. Free throw. Do they practice free throws? Well, <laughs> they're making them now. So 13 for 13. They made the first 16 free throws in the game. 20 for 22 for the entire game. The Cougs going 20 for 22 from the line. How uncoog like But that was part of the win, winning by 17 points. Once again, they're finding different ways to get dubs. That's all that matters. And Jamal Shedd um, sparked 
the um, run that – I don't want to call it a run, but he sparked the team that I should say in the first half to keep them in the game. And, and that's really what we've seen from him, his ability and IQ to recognize when the team needs him to score. And he does a great job of doing that and being aggressive to do that, whether the shot falls or not. And then that kind of got the team going, kept them in the game, and then they were able to keep it going in the second half. We're live, pal. <laughs> Real quickly in a second. Um, but no, Dayon, to your point, um, in regards to Jamal Shady, he was certainly an underrated aspect to this game, set a new career high with 25 points. But I think kind of an underrated part to Houston, particularly in the comeback in the second half, was Jarris Walker. And really, he, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was in the first three minutes of that second half when he had three offensive rebounds. And it was pivotal in, in the 2-3 zone that Wichita State was playing in that it, it gave Houston fits, but those offensive rebounds really allowed to kind of get Houston some rhythm. And then Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser, like you guys alluded to, just caught fire. It was good to see Jarris crash the boards, you know, not, you know, him not being a senior. He didn't start. Reggie Cheney and Darius Bowser started along with Marcus for the, for tonight's game. So Jarris, I think a lot of guys were just out of rhythm early in the first half. And it took Jarris a while, but he had four offensive rebounds, five on defensive end. He, he was a spark defensively. He battled some foul trouble, but he did. He made winning plays. He impacted winning, and that's one thing that Coach Sampson has harped on a lot this season, and we've said a lot during these Less Raid Cougs shows. Jarris impacted winning. Yeah, he did a good job of crashing the boards, like you're saying. I think not only did they get the team going, they got him going, and he's able to hunt down his shot and make a couple of good moves offensively. And, and it just made me think about watching the game I think on any given night, especially going forward, you know that you're going to get production from Marcus, particularly offensively. So it's about which other two players on any given night is going to step up and produce on any given game. Because there's been times when it's been Jarvis, been times when, like tonight, it's been Jamal, or it's been Tremont, or it's been Emmanuel off the bench. Or it's been different players, but I think that's something to keep an eye on. But it, it plays to Houston's benefit because they have the depth and they have the different players. To, to um, be their second or third player or potentially even first player as far as um, offensive production goes in any given game. Now, when it comes to the story of this game, senior night, Chris, like you alluded to, the, well, I guess technically Houston's played 30 games. The second different, the third different starting lineup when it doesn't account for Marcus Asset, Tremont Mark, Jamal Shedd, uh, Jarris Walker and Jawan Roberts, it was because of Darius Bowser and Reggie Cheney who were inserted too. Do you guys, what you obviously, Darius Bowser hasn't had a lot of run with the program, but obviously a good homage should be able to get all the seniors in there. And it, it was a bit of an interesting start to the game. I think that really had a lot to do with the kind of weird feel that, that was to the game. I don't think that lineup was used to playing on the floor together. Well, I mean, with Darius in the starting lineup, he's not a scorer, you know, and just real quick, in case anybody wonder what happened to Andy, he's going to take a picture with his fans. <laughs> so that's what he's doing. So it's going to be me and Dan for a few minutes. But Darius is a rebounder. He's a physical defender. That's his role on this team. So him being in the starting lineup, he's not a scorer. He's, he's, he's you know, so Wichita State didn't have to guard him. So that was a factor early on for the Cougs. The offense was different. You know, basically you just had Tremont, Marcus, and Jamal. And then Reggie set picks and Darius set picks. And the Shockers are like, okay, well, you know, these two guys aren't going to do anything <laughs> to beat us. So let's just defend Jamon, Jamal and Marcus a little bit differently with some double team, the traps, things of that sort. So it took the Cougs a while offensively. And their defense took a nap. I don't know if it was the 6 o'clock start, but they just were a step slow. And Wichita State got confident, started making tougher shots. But at halftime, I asked Jamal, said this after the game, during the encore celebrations, and Jamal said that Jamon Mark at halftime told his teammates that he took ownership for the lackluster defense in the first half. You know, he was guarding Craig Porter Jr. a lot, and he said, my, my, my bad guys, my man got hot, and that's on me. And you saw Jamal was much more aggressive in the second half, and the team was much more aggressive in the second half defensively. So it's good for that ownership, that the players have ownership when their defense is not up to Cougar standards. So – Coach Sam did not say much at halftime. Guys, we got to do better. 
and teammates did their part and much better defensively in the second half. Yeah, Coach Simpson always talk about how this program is a player-led team. That's a good example of him taking ownership. But I just think it was a good offensive player making shots. But I can see where he's taking ownership and saying, my man got hot, that's on me. But it wasn't as if um, he wasn't playing good defense because all of those shots were contested, tough shots. And if you can make that consistently, you just clap your hands, go down the floor. But that's that's a great, great point right there because this this team and this program is a, a selfless program, and they hold each other accountable. And so not surprised to, to hear him take ownership. Just kind of challenged himself and challenged the team to kind of step it up more on the defensive end. But um, um, defensively, I think to start the game, it, it was just out of source, offensively and defensively. I think we um, Bowser in the game, but um, once they kind of got their normal lineup in, J1 and got in, had a huge uh, instant impact with an offensive rebound um, and his activity around the rim. And so, I think early on it was just just a, a lack of rhythm um, from, like you said, Andy, not being, being playing much with that lineup. Having, if you guys hear me now we can yeah because you admitted there for a few seconds it probably sounds fuzzy because the battery died on the mic dang but this is live but i was going to say to add on to your point chris about tramon mark and or what the story jamal shed had told you about tramon mark and taking the responsibility about the defense you know down you hit it right on the head a lot of the shots that the shockers just hit in the first half especially Craig Porter. i mean they were tough contested shots that i mean you just Got to congratulate him being able to hit those shots in particular. But I think, and specifically, Dan, like you said, about the selflessness about this team, uh, that's something that's going to be kind of a theme with not just this team overall, but the senior specifically. That's going to be something that we get into because, of course, there was the senior night. Now, in regards to Houston and the switch that they were able to do in the second half, from the first half to the second half, I think the biggest thing, it just seemed like Houston – I don't know, for whatever reason, the festivities of senior night, like we mentioned, a, a different starting lineup, kind of wonky. But I think overall, it seemed like Houston was swarming much more. Or it seemed like they were playing with much more speed, or at least from my perspective, it looked like they were being able to get more steals, tip balls, and that ignited a lot of fast break transition opportunities that Houston were able to capitalize. That was a big change from the first half in the second half. They, they were more aggressive. I mean, the reason the Cougs stayed in the game in the first half was because they aggressive and got to the foul line. And make free throws. You know, they they took advantage of the steals that they forced on the shockers. Once they got into the shockers and played passing lanes and and got really more used to playing Cougar defense up to Kelvin St- Sampson standards, the shockers struggled. You know, t- turnovers started coming up. The Cougs struggled to make shots in the first half. Second half, they made those shots, and that's what helped them increase the lead and then pull away down the stretch when Jamal and Marcus just took over. Yeah, and I, I think um, in that first half, in which that's what teams I think should do against Houston, is move the basketball and force Houston to rotate because you know they're going to rotate and help the helper on, on um, every possession. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did, and that's how they got good shots in the second. Well, also in the first half, in the second half, the counter of that is it, it creates more opportunities for steals for Houston to get tip passes, like you mentioned, and get those steals. So it's kind of uh, um, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Move the ball, you can get open shots. But if you do it in Houston, <clears throat> aggressive nature, and is able to get some of those tips and steals, enables them to get out in transition and um, cause turnovers and get out in the open four, like you mentioned. But um, I think just credit to Wichita State because I think they had a good game plan going in. And um, I see the comment, why didn't this one right here just put it on the screen? As with four or five, as Craig Porter came back in the game around ten minutes left, why not go right at him? I don't think you 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 change the flow of the game. What 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 got you the lead? You continue run your normal offense, and will help you build the lead. And then in the midst of that, if you find a matchup, then you could attack him. Then you would attack him. I don't think you you change the offense. Let's just attack him and try to get him out the game. But he did have an instant impact. I think the league got up to 13. He came back in. They got at least down to like six or something like that. He had a good game. He, he did. I think it's all situational, too, like you said. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm going to be messy, but, you know, Craig Porter Jr. looked like a, a uh, future cougar to me. That's a portal. Uh-uh. Hey, hey, Craig, how you doing, man? 
if you're watching, <laughs> Big 12, man, you know, you want to step up a bit the competition. Hey, you know, you know the floor. <laughs> you know, you know where we're located. Just saying. Chris yeah, Gardner is the Houston recruiter. He made some tough shots. He played well. He just had foul trouble, but you know, he he, he filled the void that they were without one of their other leading scorers who was uh sick we were told had an illness before the game and did not play so he took it upon himself to to take on more of a scoring load but the shockers shot 55 percent in the second half and that was lower than it did in the first half so it's just one of those things they made a lot of tough shots but when they were making shots the cougs forced steals and took advantage of it the cougs had 17 four points off turnovers advantage in a game they won by 17 points. Real quickly, before we wrap it up and really focus on on the Wichita State portion of today's coverage, it's kind of going to be like two parts to this show, but something that Wichita State really excelled in going back to the first half, and, and Dayon, you alluded to, being able to spread out Houston and kind of forcing on the rotations, and, and something that Memphis and Alabama have had success against the Houston Cougars, something that Kelvin Sampson has talked to after those two specific games against Memphis and, and Alabama, and something that once we get into the NCAA tournament, I'm sure teams are going to be looking at, and that's that really seems to be kind of a formula to be able to have success against this Houston defense and being able to spread them out and just attack them off the dribble. You think that that's something that that it's caused for concern heading into March? Now that we're already in March, it's yeah, it's a concern. Who's got to be a better job uh, on the perimeter? That means everybody, Jamon, Jamal, um, you know, Marcus as well. If a team just going to go into attack mode, you got to keep yourself in front of them. You know, rotate your hips, turn your ankle, whatever, and beat them to the spot. So, yeah, it's a concern, but I'm not sure how many teams the Cougs will face who have that ability to beat them off the dribble repeatedly. Yeah, I think it's something concerning because you just look at Alabama, for example. They're number one and two with points in the paint, and they they predicated off getting the ball inside the paint. And Houston defense is predicated really on keeping the ball outside in the three-point line. If you look at where they pick and roll coverage, you look at where they double the post, it's predicated to not only keeping it out of paint, but they double the post to keep it outside the three-point line. They guard the guards on the outside really to funnel them to everything outside the three-point line, to funnel them to the baseline. And so when they can't keep the ball in front of them and teams are able to penetrate it, it just collapses and breaks their entire um, nucleus of the defense and all the principles of that defense, and it creates open lanes, open shots. And it's pretty much w- with any defense, whether it's zone or man, if you're able to get the ball inside the defense, inside the paint, it just creates um, more scoring opportunities, whether it's inside in the paint or it's for drop-off passes that come over help or a three-point shot. So uh, I think it's something to keep an eye on. Or something a concern, but at the same time, I still trust Houston's defense in totality. Like Chris said, you got to be able to do that consistently throughout a full game. And um, Houston's uh, um, ability to guard for a full game has shown that they can do that. And so, um, their teams that I've seen, their teams with guards, they can do it. So it's it's one way to have a successful offensive game plan against Houston is by doing that. And flip side. Not many teams can keep Jamal, Marcus, and Jamal out of the paint if the Cougs spread the floor. So, you know, it's part of the, the beauty of college basketball. Matchups are key. Everybody knows that is watching us on YouTube and on Twitter. Matchups are important. But the Cougs have advantages. The Cougs have capabilities that, you know, Coach Sampson has said, it's not a perfect team, but they're a very good team. And they have a chance to win a championship. And that's the important thing about all of this going forward. This team could be special. We've said it. From our very first Let's Rage Coog show, this team could be special, and the 28-2 was still a chance, I think all of us believe, to get better. And to King George's point, I think it's a great point. Memphis and Alabama, the, the really where they kind of hurt Houston by spreading them out was getting players in foul trouble and going back to the Alabama game specifically, which Mon Mark filed out. It's a great point, man. Right. And, yeah. and penetrating the defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but that – 
going to kind of put a pin when it comes to Houston-Wichita State coverage. Of course, we'd like to thank everybody that's watching live on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. This is led for each who presented by the Sextanian family. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our other partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Coots, beginning with Star Pizza. Kelvin Sampson gave away pizza to the students that first walked into the uh, Fertitta Center today. It was free pizza for everyone before the game during senior night, and it was Star Pizza. So, once again, if you were not a student and didn't get a chance to have your Star Pizza, you can still be sure to stop by one of their various locations across the Houston area or be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net where not only you can check out their menu, but you can also order online so you can just stop and go. Of course, we also like to say thank you to H-O-U-N-I-L, the other partner of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. But here's Javier Francis and a message that he had on H-O-U-N-I-L. Hi, my name is Javier Francis, and I'm partnering with H-O-U-N-I-L. We need the fans to go to H-O-U-N-I-L.com to subscribe to our player-created content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's H-O-U-N-A-O.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. Again, big thank you to H-O-U-N-I-O and J.V. or Francis for that message. And, of course, we also like to plug in the Sex in Your Family for being the primary sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rich Cougs. But on the topic of Houston, Wichita State, as we said at the top of the show, it was also senior night for the three specific group of young men and Marcus Sasser, Reggie Chaney, and of course, Darius Bowser. Now, before the game really starting yesterday, they posted on social media the individual clips for the each and every single one of the seniors. We had clips from Coach Sampson and from players talking about really what they've been able to establish here at the program at the University of Houston. We spoke individually with them after Tuesday's practice. And really when it comes to this group of seniors, something that that hearing from various different people speak and have a clip from Reggie Chain, you're going to hear him kind of touch on it in that clip. But the, the one word that they used to describe this group was selflessness. And it came for all three of them. We start with Darius Bowser, who, even though we might not have seen him a lot on the court throughout this season, Kelvin Sampson has been really high on the sacrifice that he made whenever he recruited him in this offseason. He was up front with him, something, a story that Coach Sampson has told us throughout multiple times in the season. He told him he wasn't going to be guaranteed to have any type of minutes with the Houston Cougars when it came to the regular season, but they really needed him to be a front court presence for this team in practice. And something that Coach mentioned during his Zoom, I believe it was on Tuesday or Monday, all these days, multiple times now, yeah, all these days run together. But really, his he he described him as a godsend. That's something that Mm -hmm. was mentioned in the clip. Um, during the senior night because of the really just the physical presence and the the help he was for Houston in the summer and fall practices to really be able another body to go up against Houston's bigs, which when you look at Javier Francis, he's young. Juan Roberts heading into the season, even though he had been with the program for uh, a few years, he, really the first time he was ever going to step in to being a consistent starter. And of, of course, just Walker doing the front or, or in the front court, who's a freshman. Really, that's really when his his invaluable what he the impact that he made on this team was shown. And then, of course, we know about Reggie Chaney. We know the story of Chaney played basically all of last year with only one hand, not being able to grip a basketball, not even being able to, to ball his hand into this. And it's kind of interesting whenever he transferred over from Arkansas, similar story. He was brought in to in response to Fabian White's ACL injury. And since then, he's kind of adapted and become an identity player for the Houston Cougars. He kind of just is the epitome of what you think of a Kelvin Sampson Houston Cougars program. And when you look at the sacrifices, started in the Final Four team, his role was reduced last season as, as just a role player coming off the bench. And even this season, not starting and even at times coach Sampson and, and few of the assistants have said that he's allowed Javier Francis get more minutes ahead of him because he feels like he needed it. He deserves them. He needs them over minutes that Cheney would play. And then when it comes to the last senior, Marcus Sasser, who in himself, he didn't need to come back. He'd have very, he could have very easily headed for the NBA draft. He'd probably been selected, whether it had been in the second round and no one would have, no one would have blamed them for it. With some of the words that Kellen Sampson said, 
uh, after I spoke with him earlier this week, but he chose to come back. It's something that Calvin Sampson said he didn't kind of lean him to go one way. It was a decision that Marcus Sasser made for himself because of the really the opportunity that they have to be able to win a national championship this season. So, Chris, Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you guys. What's kind of going broader picture besides just this game? What's kind of been the impact that these group of seniors have left on the Houston Cougars? I just, man, I, I want to give shout out to Reggie Cheney. His footwork on defense is really special for the Cougs front court. He's really very impactful on defense on the perimeter. His perimeter defense is, is a plus. You know, he's got quick feet. His hands, he doesn't really need them, both hands, but he, he's able to deflect passes. He had a good steal when he he had a front. He was fronting the post this evening. He tried to lob it over him, and he just reached up and stole the ball. So Reddy's defense overall, not just rebounding, his, his perimeter defense has been a help when the Cougs have kind of had issues and Co- Coach Sampson wanted to go to all-defensive lineup. So salute to him and just accepting his role. He came to Houston. He, he wasn't a, a big-time scorer. He's a physical defender, rebounder. But to see his defense on the perimeter this season has been a big positive for the team. Yeah, I think this senior group, starting with Marcus, of course, has had a tremendous impact on the program. I think he's going to be the winningest player of the program. Um, and so it's no words to describe the impact that he's had since his freshman season all the way up until now, what he's going to continue to have as the season goes on. Um, Reggie's impact has, has been tremendous coming from the uh, when he got here for, in the final four run all the way up until now. I don't need to reiterate some of the things that you mentioned. And they also could check um, the interview with you and Kellen Sampson when you go when he goes in depth about all the seniors and so there is, I think, I'm sure, like Coach Sampson and, and Keller Sampson mentioned, has impacted the team in practice and doing the utility things that um, fans don't get the privilege of seeing. So um, definitely starting with Marcus, leading with Marcus, he definitely has had a huge impact on the program. And, and I want to say this, showing my age, um, Sasser, the Sasser name is, is huge in the state of Texas, but seeing his his uncles Jason saw Jason Sasser this evening at inside the, the building. Jason Sasser gave Cook fans nightmares for at Texas Tech, and so to see a Sasser come to Houston and shine and excel in the Houston program, coming from Dallas, that was a big that was a big deal. You know, Coach Sampson's touched on it. Marcus coming from Red Oak, the Dallas area, and to come to play for Houston was another positive for the Houston program, uh, getting a talented player a name, a Sasser name coming to Houston, that's a big deal for the program. Not only a Sasser name, but something that Coach Sampson has talked about multiple times throughout, not just this season, but throughout his entire time here. He was a player that they didn't even necessarily have when he looked to recruits, the three-star recruit coming out of high school, but they had a vision for Marcus Sasser, and they believed in him, and I mean, it's paid off wonders. But on the topic of seniors, check out what big man, senior big man Reggie Chaney had to say following Houston's victory over Wichita State. Reggie, I'll, I'll start with your senior night. I mean, now that you've gotten past it, you put into words what that experience like was for you, what it was like for you, being able to experience all of it now. Um, you know, just the experience I went through, man, it's, it's been a ride, man. It's like, it's like Final Four, Elite Eight, man. It's, just, it's been a journey. I'm, I'm never going to forget coming here and making a big decision to come here and committing here, man. I'm, I'm glad I did it. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Getting to cut down the nets again. I know y'all clinched on Saturday, yeah. but officially to be able to do this ceremony, does it ever get old to, to get to cut down that? No, never. I love that. It. It never gets old, man. It's definitely experience every time, for sure. Can you put that into words what it's like climbing up the ladder and being able to get your own people? No, yeah, 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 for sure. It's definitely. It's, it's memorable, man. It's our tears, though, man. For sure. Uh, Tuesday, whenever the heck it was after practice, you said your favorite memory was when uh, Fabian White was the most winningest player. Marcus Sasser just tied him. Yeah, yeah. Would, you, would you say those moments are tied now? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, both of those moments are tied just because 
when I first came in and seeing the work they put in and me, I, I, I jumped on their wagon. You know, they already had something going, so I had to join them. So just I admire that. So yeah, both of them are definitely trying sure. Your class, you, Darius, and Marcus, if you could describe your guys, the class of 2023 seniors, what kind of the legacy you feel like you guys as a group have left on this team? Selflessness and um, I think we uh toughness. Selflessness and toughness. I think each one of each three of us represents selflessness and toughness in a way. Reggie, y'all don't lose very much, but even you know, while winning you'll talk about how y'all can play better. Do you feel like you're starting to show get into that groove, that stretch where you want to be, you know, heading into the postseason? No, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, I think I think right now we're doing pretty good basketball. I think we're Talking about uh, Joseph Walker windmill slam that he had towards the second half on the fast break opportunity, but I think he hit it right on the hell and on the head when it came to the legacy that they're going to leave and it's selflessness and toughness. That's two words that are prominent with the Houston Cougars program. Yep, in, indeed. And I want to say this: I answered Rusty's question. I reached out to the Shockers beat writer Taylor Eldridge to confirm it. Craig Porter Jr. has used his COVID year, so he's done, so he cannot transfer anymore. So, oh, well, there for my dream recruiting job. Thanks, stop getting muted. But, no, Justin, going back to, first of all, Chris, as the recruiter, man, that, that puts an end to, to your recruiting trouble. But when it comes to here, Cheney, whether it was what he said about what the legacy would be like of the seniors, just overall discussing about you know, never obviously it's never going to get old being able to climb up that ladder and, and being able to cut down a net. And it, it, in, in many ways, it's step one of what potentially could be three more, three more cutting down of the nets with the postseason conference title, the uh, whatever regional, regional they are, then the big one, the yeah. final. And all the players said that. I asked Jamal, Tremont, Ramon, it never gets old. You know, winning never gets old. We've heard Coach Sampson say that. Coach Kelvin and Coach Kellen have said that winning never gets old. And that's a great – it's another example of how far this program has gone. You know, what, four conference championships in five years, cutting down nets. This is one of their goals when the conference championship, but they have other goals and they still have more work to do. And let's see if they continue to do it. And, Andy, if they have a chance to cut down three more nets, we know what that means. That's outstanding, man. Dream season continues and would end with the ultimate prize at NRG Stadium of all places. Yeah, now yep. the program expects to win. They expect to cut down this. That's the expectation. And that goes back into how far the program has come. Has come. And, and that, Dan, I'm glad you said that, you know, about the expect to win. And that's the difference between, I'm going to be petty, but Memphis fans, how y'all doing out there? You know, the Cougs expect to win, and they win. And they won conference championships, and they've advanced in the tournament, the Elite Eight, Final Fours, all those other things. They're saying hi from Houston. Chris, you're on one today when it comes to pettiness on the recruiting trail. But I got, I got some more tidbit to share about some of the guys who are here after, after the game on the floor, but uh, I'll save that for off the, off the uh, record, off the air. <laughs> teasing them but of course we're, we're going to get into market faster in a second we i actually got to a chance to speak with Connor Slight. he talked a little bit about the the journey that that Sasser has had with the the program as well but i'd like to remind everybody that's watching live that they are watching or even if you're listening to us audio only the next day or whenever you may be listening that this is let's rage Cooks presented by the sexenian Family, the Sexton family is a primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs for the remainder of all the games of the Houston Cougars this season. Like Chris alluded to, at Memphis is guaranteed there's at least two postseason games guaranteed, one in the American Athletic Conference, one NCAA. At most, there are still 10 more games left, which would culminate in that April 3rd game come Monday at NRG Stadium. But, of course, we want to say thank you for the Sexton family being the primary 
sponsor and being the season-long supporter of Let's Rage Cook. And, of course, we also like to say thank you to our other partners, beginning with Star Pizza. Like I alluded to, they were the free pizza that Coach Sampson gave away to all students before Houston's game against Wichita State. And Star Pizza is one of our partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Cook with multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net, where not only you can check out their online menu, but of course, you can also order online. So you can just stop by and pick up your pizza on the way home. And of course, we also like to say thank you to H-O-U-N-I-L, which by the way, side note, big shout out to H-O-U-N-I-L for the, the name, image, and likeness deals that they gave the student managers that broke earlier today on Thursday that we're recording this. That's a pretty cool gesture that they had to, to the Houston Cougar men's basketball student managers who do a lot for the program that kind of similar to Darius Bowser, we don't necessarily get to see up close when it comes to the spotlight. They do it behind the scenes at every practice, even not in practice. Hi, my name is Javier Francis, and I'm partnering with HOU and I. Uh, we need the fans to go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's HOUNIL.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. So once again, thank you to H-O-U-N-I-L. If you're interested in subscribing to player-created content, be sure to visit them at H-O-U-N-I-L.com and subscriptions start at just $20 a month. Now, get into it. When it comes to the senior class we've spoken of, too, we have to talk about Marcus Sasser, who now he's right up there with Fabian White Jr. for the all-time winningest player, at least in Fertitta Center history, when it comes to 49 wins is with both Fabian White and Marcus Sasser have all time at the Fertitta Center, which that's going to stay. Unfortunately, Sasser's last game ever in the Fertitta Center, so he's not going to have a chance to, to break that record. But it's kind of fitting that those two players will stand hand-in-hand hand with that record, and, and Sasser did it with, with fewer games as well. And then, of course, he also tied the program the program record for all-time three-point makes, and it'll be the, the single holder pretty soon at 261 makes. But before we kind of toss it, before I toss it over to Quantus White, what he has to say about Sasser, Chris, Dan, what are really, we know what Sasser means to the program, but in, in a few words, how can we really kind of captivate the growth that we've seen from him from whenever he was first a freshman? I mean, Marcus just embodies what it is to be a Cougar. It is a great example of player development. You know, he wasn't one of those big star players in high school, but now what preseason All-American conference, preseason player of the year, all those things in the senior year will be in the NBA. And tonight he's filled the stat, the, the stat sheet with points, assists, rebounds, steals. He did a little bit of everything to help his team win and to go out on a winning note on his senior night. So he just is a perfect example of the Houston Cougars program from his t- freshman season to a senior season. Yeah, and to add on to what Chris just said, that I think what <clears throat> Houston fans don't realize is how he made a sacrifice to go off the ball. He came in as a point guard, in which he primarily was a ball hunter, and so it was an adjustment for him to go off the ball uh, back when it was Dejan Jerome, who was the starting point guard, and him learning and flourishing in that role and developing – um, that skill set to play off ball, not only developing, but having the skill set to be able to do so. And then fast forward now, I think I said maybe on a couple um, episodes ago that he's the best point guard in the country. Because um, playing into his development, I'm sure what scouts wanted to prove was his ability not only to beat people off the dribble, but to run a team and to play make and make timely plays. And not only did he prove that in um, the limited time in the scout and the combine, whatever games he was playing in, where they got a glimpse of it, I think he's done that on a night-to-night basis throughout this season. I, I think he's really put on display his ability to run a team, to make great decisions, and um, to break down the defense and penetrate into score and not just be more than a three-point shooter. And so, I mean, his constant development, um, he's been a pro since day one. And you can see every facet of his game, he's gotten better at it, from ball handling to passing 
to three-point shooting, to, to defense, to every aspect of his game. He's gotten better in, and he's always been a selfless person, like um, Reggie, Reggie said, to define this um, to define this senior class. And so, I mean, he, he's been uh, monumental to the Houston program. Um, I think he's just proud to continue to his family legacy of great college basketball players and to continue that for the rest of his life. And above all else, the word we're going to – kind of alluded to winner above all else said that's what he wants to be remembered for now i'm gonna send it over to Qantas white and check out what he has to say about marcus sasser following houston's 83 66 win over wichita state but can you talk to me let's start at the very end with marcus sasser and they game ends they show it on the big boards i'm gonna let terrence also answer that question oh well i was gonna ask you at the very end after the game when they showed the big board they showed the marcus sasser he's like the winningest player he tired for the winningest player with fabian white all time in fertita center history um Something that he told us earlier in the week is that he wants his legacy to be known as a winner. How do you feel that Marcus Sass has been able to achieve that during his time here at the program? Well, he, he, he's earned it. Definitely. He, he has an outstanding work ethic. He, he's worked really hard every, sing, every single day. He's been with, 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 with a dog. He's with a dog. He's with a dog. He's a dog. Definitely a dog. Dog. The smartest dog. HP That's why dog. Dog. Casey Dog. That's why he a dog. 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 You want to know why? Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. You want to know why Mark is winning? Because he was with a dog. Yeah. Well, I obviously you played. You played a very crucial role in. in I don't think you understand me. He a dog. And he won today. And, and they won a series. Man, they don't know about that series. Bro. Obviously, you played a big role in Sasser's development. Do you still remember that first summer that, that he had when he first came in here and how I believe it was, it was kind of a big of a learning curve for him whenever he first joined that first summer to compare to where he is now yeah. that growth? Well, from, from a conditioning standpoint, you know, he, he, he wasn't in the best shape, but he, he quickly overcame that. Mar Marcus has, you know, great family. He has two uncles that, that play professionally that's been through the ropes and so you know he grew up with a family background where you know they were very talented basketball players and so they instilled you know everything in him that he needed you know it was just a condition in that first but Marcus high character kid he worked really 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 hard every single day and everything that he earned uh, you know he's he's he's, he's worked for it yeah, something uh, along the lines of what you just said that Coach Kennan said, like, something where he separated himself was that work ethic that, I mean, he just had a passion for the game of basketball even early on as a freshman. You kind of hear about it all the time with athletes, well, they'll, they'll stay late, they'll come to practice early. I'm sure it was the same with Marcus Sasser, but for him, what kind of separates him when it comes to that work ethic? Yeah, it was, it, it's what you just said. You know, staying in a gym when nobody's in a gym. Uh, he, he's never uh, missed a day of practice or after practice was over, he was always the last one to leave, you know, the court. So he's always worked on his game, whether it was shooting, you know, working on his floaters, you know, getting to the rim. You know, he loves, loves, loves basketball. And so that's that's what made him the player that he is today. And he's very, very coachable, high character kid. We, we're going to really miss him. Mm -hmm. When it's all said and done and whenever that may be, he plays his last game for you guys at the Houston Cougars. What's the, what's the number one thing that you always remember about Marcus? Winner. Winner. It just and how unselfish he was. He, he only cared about winning. You know, sure he's a really good scorer, uh, but he, he's he's more happy watching his, his teammates succeed than he is, you know, himself scoring a bunch of points. So that's what I'm gonna remember most about him. Oh, so the biggest takeaway from that clip is that Qantas White is a dog. Like <laughs> heard all the guards say and, and hug him. But really on that clip, that just shows the, the love and really the camaraderie that, that all players have for, for the assistant coaches and not just Qantas, but hey, went off and rattled off all these assistant coaches really shows the camaraderie and the brotherhood that they have uh, within the team. But you heard Qantas White touch by 
specifically about Marcus Sasser, the, the work ethic that separated him early on as a freshman. And really, from that point on, it, it's kind of no wonder that every, all the success that he's had with the Houston Cougars, it hasn't been by luck. It has been through his hard work, work ethic and, and really the hours that he's put in uh, to be as great of a player that he has been. So it kind of quote fast himself. He feels that now he's, he's the whole package. Marcus is, is a great example of what administrators want to see from student athletes from freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. He's gotten better on the court and off the court as a, as a player, as a player and a man, he's developed into a better young man and a better player. So he is what, they want the college experience to be. He's a perfect example of that. So salute to him and his family. And I'll let you guys know that um, I spoke to his dad and his grandmother and they appreciate what we're doing with this show. So they do watch the show. So I want to give you guys acknowledgement as well for what we're doing with, with Les Rage Cougs from the Sasser family. That's awesome. Every time we, we get to hear that, Chris, like you, you've alluded to all season long whenever we get to it to hear from, from people that just reach out to us and, and just say how much they, they love the show. So it never gets uh, – we can never say thank you enough and how much that means to, to allow us to keep us going for every time. Um, Terrence Arsenal's mom actually I spoke with after two, and she said the same thing. Thank you for – they tune into the show as well. They they watch the show and they continue to, to – say thank you to, to the support that we're showing, but we can't say thank you enough for the support that they're showing. And first, just being able to reach out to us and, and just being able to watch the show. Can't, we can't never say thank you enough. But as fast as time winds down here, and I think that we've, you know, how many numerous times we've said it throughout Let's Rich Cruise and, and just whenever, if we've had a camera in front of us talking about the Eastern Cougars basketball team, we probably have said it before about the development and the focus that there is in development within this program. And Marcus has is a perfect example of that, the growth year in and year out. Uh, what Coach Lampton said, really the, the biggest thing, the biggest growth that he's seen from him from when he was first freshman to where he is now, his confidence, confidence for him to continue to grow. And it always seemed like every year he added something. And Dan, you're absolutely right uh, to your point about the position change that Sasson had to make. And, and not only that he made it, but he was willing to do it because it's going to benefit the team in the long run, especially in that final four year when he started that season, he was expected to be the point guard. It was something that I remember Calvin Sampson mentioned during leading up to that season. And then once they got into it, they decided to move Dejon Giroux at that point guard spot and move Sasser off ball more. And, and it was a bit of an adjustment period for him, but ultimately he never complained about it. Did made the best out of it. And it was a big reason why they made it to the final four in that year. Uh, in 2021. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think um, not only his willingness, like I said a second ago, his capability to be able to do it and do it at a high level and produce the way he has. So, I mean, it's not enough words to say to describe. I mean, he's a poster child of, of this program and what it means to all the things that we mentioned from developing to um, the type of man he is and so forth and so forth. And so, I mean, Marcus is a tremendous player. I can't wait to see him continue to follow his career as he goes pro. And I know he's going to have um, a good professional career because he's a, he's a really good basketball player. And it sounds like he's a equally as hard as worker to continue to develop his game. And so, man, appreciate Marcus for blessing us as cool fans with him coming here and playing the way that he has. And he Absolutely. came back, you know, as Andy said earlier in the show, he came back because he believed that this season could be special. This team could be special. You know, he could have gone. He could have stayed and kept the name in the draft. He would have been drafted. So he came back because he, he thought this team could do something special. And 28 2, 30 games later, they're on their way. Absolutely. I think the, the biggest testament of all, High character. I still remember whenever he was first freshman, and one of the first times I interviewed him, it might have been, might have been the first time I ever got to uh, come to practice. And he was a freshman, uh, mild mannered. Every time he he takes time to speak to reporters, I mean, he he gives straightforward answers. He's 
a, a good quote to be able to talk to every now and then and straightforward. I mean, you're never going to get any complaints from anyone. I think it was Coach Sampson that said it earlier that you get to meet a person that has a problem with Marcus Sasser. He's, I think the way he phrases, if you have a problem with Marcus Sasser, then, then that means that you're the one that has a problem or something along those lines. But again, a testament to the growth that he's been able to have here at the University of Houston and absolutely as he has, whether it's 10 more games left or however it may be for the Houston Cougars come June, it's going to be a special moment for him in at the next level, at the pro level in the NBA. But as we kind of start to wrap things up, Chris, you kind of started a, a dialogue when it came to your, recruit, your recruiting question and uh, I guess the question was was posed by Parker Ainsworth, who shout out to Lockdown Cook said uh, uh, another player in the American Athletic Conference. I believe that they would they would love to add to be a transfer for the Houston Cougars next season. I guess we're already looking ahead to next season. Yeah, yeah. The, one of the viewers wanted to know just to put out there for conversation: Is there a player in the conference in the in the American who you know via major wave a magic wand take the Cougs take with the Cougs to the Big 12, who would it be? So we've had Jalen Forbes, Jalen Cook from Tulane, Damian Dunn at Temple, Russell Chewa from USF. So there's some names to toss out there. Dan, what do you think? Got anybody in mind? Mm-hmm. Probably be Cook or Forbes. Yeah, I, I agree with those two. Either yeah. one. Yeah. And that's, those are my choices right there, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andy? What do you think? Uh, you're absolutely right with those two. I think uh, Rusty Reed mentioned Damon Dunn of Temple too. I think that would be an and there be an interesting mix if you add it to the backcourt of of Dunn and Jamal Shedd next year. Jamal Shedd as a senior, and Houston's seen up close uh, how really tough, how much of a tough shot maker Damian Dunn can be. So I think you'd, you'd be a, a good fit. But no, absolutely, you guys are right. The two players of two. I lanes. would rather battle from Temple. Battle, battle another player I'll throw in there. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, got about that. I I rather battle rather than done. If we have to get somebody, because he he a bucket <laughs> for real. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the the tuning players would probably be. When you think of Houston players, I feel like Forbes and and Cook probably fit more of the the identity in terms of Houston. What say you guys? Battle could. I mean, battle. You know, being coached by Aaron McKee, NBA experience. So he's getting some of that from Coach McKee. So he he could fit in with the culture, and it wouldn't take long for, for if if it if he had any. What does the coach say today? I, me, and him. That would be removed from him to become we us very quickly. <laughs> so, I mean, all these players want to win, and so when you yeah. go to a winning friend, uh, a winning school, a winning culture, it isn't going to be nothing to confide in what they're asking that produces winning <laughs> you know especially if you are coming from a program that has not had the success right. that you're going to so yeah i do want to highlight this comment apollo loxia says thanks chris for the chris pedman interview good insights which is a good time to plug in if you haven't yet watched that interview Chris Pesman, he got to you got to interview Chris Pesman one on one on the Houston Rombar Review YouTube channel. Be sure to first get subscribe on the Houston Rombar Review YouTube channel, but also of course check it out in his videos later. Video archive. He had a good conversation. He spoke about various different topics. I think the, the biggest one that stood out to me is about the football development facility, which I don't know, they don't want to say delayed, but they've been pushed back after uh, really some initial costs that that turned out to be much higher than they expected. And a lot of it, I mean, and it's not just exclusive to Houston athletics, but when you look at a lot of businesses, supply chain, stuff like that, that, that really caused the demand and prices of stuff to soar. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. So I'd make sure to check that out on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Yeah, now that we, oh, go ahead. No, yeah. Thanks Apollo for, for the compliment. And I've received a lot of positive feedback for the interview with Chris Pesman and salute to him for agreeing to do it. And what you guys guys know as well, Chris Pesman mentioned that he has watched what we what we do as well on these shows. So we're growing. The audience is growing. So it, it's a positive for us on Less Rage Cougs and the Houston Round Bar Review and Pawson and Majama. Onward and upward as the Cougs round out this season and get ready for life in the Big 12. And 
I'm going to try to hold Chris Pesman accountable for some of the things that he said he's going to do in terms of the fan experience at TDECU Stadium to make those improvements. So let's see him put those words into practice, in, in action. One of all the things so on this, because on the court too, I got the chance to speak with him as well. We're going to have upgrades to second row. The second floor has got to be Lewis in, in the locker room once the summer comes for both of the basketball programs. Once the offseason comes for both of the basketball programs, they're going to obviously the guy be Lewis Development facilities for both men's and women's basketball teams. So upgrades all around for the Houston Athletics Department with Chris Pesman in charge. But as we wrap things up on this final home edition of Let's Rage Coups from inside the Fertitta Center, we're gonna, the last time we're going to have a Fertitta Center in the background for our one of our shows this season. Just one game in the regular season left from from a standing standpoint, from a from a standing standpoint, doesn't mean anything for the Houston Cougars. When you look at it from the big picture and the national perspective, it's an opportunity to get a good quad one win for the Cougars and really a quad one win that would come in really handy in and with uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide and Kansas Jayhawks that seem to just be finding ways to tack on wins even though it might it might look like they're flirting with losing but that they're being able to, to make enough plays to be able to come out with victory yeah sunday's game against memphis at memphis will be big for both teams <clears throat> the cougs want to ruin memphis's senior day memphis wants to what be the first team to beat houston away from houston because i think the cougs are undefeated in, in that manner mm-hmm. the tigers want to try to improve their chances of getting an at-large bid. And plus, this by line, it's a rivalry. Memphis doesn't like Houston. Houston doesn't like Memphis. Fans feel the same way. All those kind of things. The game is a little early, 11 a.m. tip-off on Sunday. But, uh, Andy, you're going to be there, right? Yes, sir. I will be in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. I've been there once before, so I, I'm excited. It's, it's always cool to be able to go to an NBA venue for a college basketball game. So, Andy will be on site for Let's Rage Cook Sunday afternoon. So I'm just looking forward to the game. Hopefully it's competitive. I believe it's going to be a competitive. Hope it's not uh, too many fouls called early and, and refs take over the game early and those, those kind of things. But looking forward to the matchup. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the matchup with Kendrick Davis and the guard play, whether it's Jamal or Marcus guarding them. And um, also the front court matchup with whoever's going to guard DeAndre Williams. I mean, I want to see how we guard those two players. Uh, I'm expecting a really good game. And like you said, a rivalry game, it always seems like there's an extra added emphasis when these two programs meet. And uh, again, even though from a standing standpoint, not much will change from, from a Houston perspective, but it does mean a lot for both programs in the grand in the bigger picture things as both teams are trying to secure uh, different seating spots when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Of course, Memphis trying to be able to pick up the quad one win to build its its tournament resume. Houston trying to able to, uh, to get that quad one win to be the number one overall seed or improve its chances at being the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And Chris, you highlighted King Jaja's comment. Uh, that's an interesting question. A more impressive resume, Coach Cal at Memphis or Coach Sampson here at Houston in nine years he's been here. Got, uh, I'm going to say Coach Kelvin at Houston because of how far and how much work needs to be done. Memphis basketball, college basketball, was not as bad as Houston college basketball was when Cal got there. You know, they had some recent success. So I'm going to say Coach Sampson has done more with less at Houston than Cal did at Memphis. I'm going to go with Kyle at Memphis um, because he got to a title game. That's the only edge I'm going to give him because they got to a title game. That's the only thing put. I think everything else is equal. I'm sure he had to go through similar obstacles and the program was bad. That's why they hired him. They weren't winning. And so all those I'll put in the equal category. The only edge I would give to Kyle at Memphis is he got to a title game. That's a great kind of tiebreaker to be able to separate them. But, Chris, I'm agree with you. I think you have to go with Coach Sampson. And really, the, the fall from grace that the program had seen from the 80s, we know the story now. And, and kind of Kelvin Sampson spoke about it actually on the court after the game, too. He said 
whenever he first saw where the program was at, I think he described it. I don't know if I'm just misremembering, but I, he said it, it pissed him off how he had seen where the program was and the apathy that it was for the program. And before he took over, he made sure that, that they were going to invest in him and in the program. He said, look, people are like, coach, are you, you know, win the, the national championship this year with the resources they had when he first took over the program. And uh, you know how Coach Sampson always finds ways to be able to put it into work. He, he didn't use profanity, but he – like he he wanted to he was like are you kidding me when <laughs> there's nothing here for us to win with we have to invest in this program he was very fired up and he's very passionate about how it used to be so you know that story of how things were the apathy from the administration needed to change and coach Sampson helped change that and now look at sold out crowds breaking records three home games in a row waiting lists for tickets renovating the second floor in a facility that's not what 10 years old so they're keeping up with the with the bigger time programs it's it's great to see how far the administration has come to help the basketball program shine national on a national level absolutely as we wrap things up that's going to do it for today's episode of let's rage group presented by the sectanian family of course the final score once again from inside of fertita center for Final time this season, number one Houston Cougars come away with the victory, 83-66 to 66 over the Wichita State Shockers. When it comes to the Houston Cougars, it was Jamal Shedd that led the team in scoring with 25 points, which was a new career high from him. It broke the 19 points of his previous career high that was set last season in the NCAA tournament against Arizona. He also had three rebounds in Houston's win. Marcus Sasser had 24 points. He had four assists. And three rebounds in his final home game with the Houston Cougars. And Jarvis Walker as well had 11 points and nine rebounds in Houston's victory over in Wichita State. his final State. game in Fertitta Center as well. In his final game at Fertitta Center as well. <laughs> we'll. We'll put potential. Chris, you're absolutely right when it comes to his final game as well. But Dan, I'm going to go to you first. Where can people find you on social media and, of course, uh, any final takeaways from this game? Uh, you can find me on all social media at Dayon Dunlap on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook as well. Final takeaways is Houston. Um, just continuing to put on display why they're the number one team in the country. I'm glad it's March. Can't wait to see um, the conference tournament first and then, of course, the NCAA tournament. Love the way this team is trending. Love Coach Sampson. I think he deserves National Coach of the Year this year. Hopefully this year that they'll finally give him the award. It's ironic you say that, Dayan, because I think I was on another show earlier this week, and the panel said Coach Sampson for National Coach of the Year, and I didn't. And when they said it, I was like, yeah, why not? That makes sense for Coach Sam to be National Coach of the Year. He should get some, some consideration for that in addition to Jerome Chan from Kansas State. But the takeaways on this game, Jamal Shade and Marcus Sasser came through and carried the team to the victory. The Shockers made tough shots in the first half, especially shooting 72% from the floor, cooled off a little bit, and that cooling off, plus the Cougs' defense and forcing turnovers, and Shade and Sasser, all those things contributed to the Cougs winning by 17 points, improving their record 28-2 overall and 16-1 in the American. Looking forward to Sunday's game at Memphis, according to Apollo and, and King Jaja, that the announcers are mentioned in the game, the SMU-Memphis game tonight, how much the Tigers players looking forward to Sunday's game. Good, as they should. It's a rivalry game. It's senior night, senior day for Memphis. It's probably the rivalry in the conference. The last regular season matchup between Houston and Memphis for a while. So it's going to be heated. A lot of emotions in the game, and I don't know if it's going to be one of those whiteouts at FedEx Forum. Andy will, will be there for the game. We're looking forward to it. We're going to talk about it. Should be a great matchup. And it could be one of two matchups that Houston and Memphis have in the next, what, eight days if the teams meet in the conference championship on the Sunday, March 12th as well. Looking forward to all of those things. But follow me on Twitter at VHRReview, HoustonRombarReview.com. Houston Rombard View on YouTube. Thanks again to everybody for 
for supporting us and watching these shows. Andy, you forgot to do it, man. So we got to do it. I'll do it if I can pull it up. Got to talk about the merch. If you I had merch. it. I had it clipped up. I had it queued okay. up. Don't worry, Chris. Okay. I you, have you, take not... care, you take care of that then. So just real, real quickly then. Of course, people can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. But Chris, of course, I did not forget because, of course, we got to plug in our own merch. Chris, you know, absolutely there. We're always going to plug in. So let's rage Coogs march and a big shout out to Sparkle Glass Cleaner for sharing the site, uh, the bonfire.com slash store slash let's rage Coogs shop for those that are not watching us on the video portion of it on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. But of course, we have the let's rage Coogs merch, two different lines, beginning with the let's rage line, which as you see here on the screen, it is the font of the Let's Rage with this gnarly cougar staring right in front of you. The Let's Rage Cougs logo, of course. And then when you look at the back, it says Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston post-game post show streaming on YouTube. It comes in multiple different sizes from extra small to 4XL. So there's a wide variety in sizes that will fit um, whichever is best for you and then of course it's also available in a hoodie both different lines are available in a t-shirt and hoodie form of course our other line is the there will be rage line as well when it comes to our merch it's a different cougar and, and you know, these and i always say thank you to to the people that design it because the cougars look fierce and they look absolutely uh kind of intimidated if you got to see them in the wild but of course the fact that let's rage Coogs, the unofficial Houston post-game show as well, and it's just one of many ways to be able to show support to the show, and like I mentioned at the or earlier in the show, we can never say thank you enough to first of all, everyone that takes the time out of your days, whenever it may be, whether you're watching us live, if you're watching back, if you're playing back audio only, we don't we don't care how you kind of entertain with, with or not how you entertain, how you did watch let's rage groups but we do care that you support us because it means a hunt i don't there's no many ways i could say it that it means so much that you guys take the time out of your days to make let's rage groups a part of your day and onward and upward as chris always says because we have one more regular season game and then we have the american athletic conference postseason tournament and the ncaa tournament and i might be cooking something up for that first conference show because it will be the one-year anniversary of Let's Rage Coups. It's hard to believe that I really be, be one year and, and really a show that started out of Twitter spaces. And down, you know, it was something that we wanted to do to be interactive with fans to talk about the show, and it has grown in really many ways that, that we could have never imagined. Once again, you know, kudos to Andy and Dayon for helping the show grow and we are so thankful to the fan, the support that we're getting from people here at the games, people emailing, uh, retweeting, liking the, t- the tweets, everything about the show. Looking forward to the show. You know, I'll come to the games. Y'all doing a show tonight? Yep. I'll be watching. That, that means so much to us. So we really appreciate it, and we will see you Sunday. Just uh, to, to add on to the story, we're walking around the court trying to get player interviews, and there are some people that – that would stop and say, hey, you're going to do it. You're like you do it to Chris. And they just said thanks. So thank you to every single one of you guys. Times a thousand. We can never say thank you enough. But again, once again, the final score, Houston victorious from one final time for the 2022-23 regular season inside the Fertitta Center. As you can see in the background, there might be a, an extra banner by the time we, we're back inside the Fertitta Center. Uh, but we'll knock on wood, try to not jinx it. As always, Dan, you get the final word. Let's raise, Cougs.